You could be anywhere doing anything, but you're hanging out with us. And we appreciate that. So wherever you're listening and however you're listening, we thank you guys for listening. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of the Game Plan Podcast. Alex Goodwin is my name. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. Again, it's on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. That's T as in tacos, S as in sangria, M as in margaritas. Kennedy Miller. Yes, sir. Where can they find you on Twitter? You can follow me on Twitter at underscore Kennedy Miller underscore. Again, that's underscore Kennedy, as in the former president, John F., and the former wrestler, Mr. Kennedy, underscore Kennedy Miller underscore. All right, all right. The third member of the team, Aaron O'Connor, could not be here with us, but he will be back on our next episode. Getting into the sports, Kennedy Miller, the NBA playoffs start in about two weeks and most times here on this show the game plan podcast it is unofficially the most wonderful time of the year it's a basketball bonanza essentially but this year at least for me things feel a bit different and i think some of that might be because a lot of guys have been heard a condensed schedule it feels like in some ways a lot of basketball fatigue because last year the bubble started in july and rolled all the way through end of october and then the next season started in december so it's just been like a lot of basketball day in, day out. And correct me if I'm wrong, Ken, I think most times when the playoffs start, we have a great idea of at least one team that's going to be in the finals. Do we really, yeah. really have a great idea about which two teams are going to be in the finals this year, given all the injuries and given everything else that's going on? So, I mean, as much as I would like to say that, you know, my Lakers are a lot to get in, I can't say that for sure. Um, you know, LeBron is out two more games, uh, which I think is more precaution rather than actual injury. I know that he kind of uh, – they didn't want to say that he aggravated it, the injury, but they said it was sore. You know, it, it's just up in the air. You have teams, like I said, the, the Lakers who, you know, in normal years, healthy years, will probably be the favorites. Um, but they've had everybody miss games from – uh, whether it be injuries from Anthony Davis and LeBron James to COVID, Marcus All and Dennis Schroeder. Um, and then you've got teams like the Clippers, Serge Ibaka, who they signed this year, hasn't really been healthy. Um, then you're adding in a guy like Rondo, who has a known reputation for playing better in the playoffs. Um, so we're yet to see about that for them this year. And then you have the, you know, the teams that we feel aren't as proven yet, like Utah, um, like Phoenix, like Denver, who are really good in the regular season, but we all know that we care about what happens in the playoffs more. So that's just, you know, in the Western Conference of the East, everybody thinks they have a finals favorite, a championship favorite, and the Nets, they've only played, they're only going to come into the playoffs playing seven games together as a big three, uh, which is problematic for me. Um, then you got two-time MVP in Milwaukee, who uh, they're playing some good basketball. Miami would be... I would say, you know, hell for anybody to play in the first round, one of those top seeds. You have a team like Philadelphia. I picked them to be in the finals last year coming out of the East, and Joel Embiid is now playing at an MVP level. Uh, probably would have a better case of being the MVP had he not been injured. Um, so it, it's just all up in the air, man. I, I'm very I'm very excited, but also I'm, I'm very as a fan, I'm very cautious because I have no clue how it's going to go. 
and then the playing game. I don't I'm, I don't mean to interrupt you. I'll let you go after this, but the playing games, you know, it's one thing if like Memphis or San. I mean, you know, Memphis, San Antonio, those type of teams. With San Antonio, will probably be in the playing game, but you know, if Golden State wins. I don't pick them to beat Utah, but is that who Utah would likely want to play as an eight seed and in Utah being a one seed, a superstar that's playing out of his mind right now? No. So just for me, most years when we're trying to pick a favorite, really in any sport, you think about the team that's been the most consistent, the team that's had the best health and the team, you know, that has in some ways you can call it a favorable path to a championship. With COVID and everything, things have kind of changed. And it's kind of been, all right, who can have the least interruptions to their regular schedule, to their regular operations? And in college football, that was Alabama. Alabama didn't have any opt-outs. Alabama didn't have any the virus break out through the team. Of course, Nick Saban missed a game because of COVID. And I, I believe before the Georgia game, he had a false positive. So he missed the, the last, like the end of that week of practice. But all in all, they were fine. This year, with all of these injuries, I'm not particularly sure who's going to be available for the playoffs, right? And because of this condensed schedule, you see a lot of guys having these lower extremity injuries. Kawhi Leonard, foot, Paul George, toe, LeBron James, ankle, Anthony Davis, Harden, hamstring, right? Durant, hamstring. Like, it's legs, wear and tear. Jamal Murray, torn ACL. So I'm just... I'm not really sure what to make of it at this point, because I would say under the normal set of circumstances, the team that I think has been the most consistent, that's had the least interruptions to their normal operations has been Utah. But none of us think Utah is going to go to the finals. Most of us don't think Utah is going to go to the conference finals. Yes, sir. I agree. So, and I'm thinking about this in terms of a team like the Lakers, if the Lakers are the sixth seed or God forbid they keep sliding and end up in the playing game, this could be disastrous, right? Because the playing game, those two playing games, that's, you know, more miles on the tires, right? On a roster that's not particularly Absolutely. young. The thing that I will say that kind of helps the Lakers is that, you know, when they were playing, like one of the things, the question marks that I had about Brooklyn was, the lack of chemistry and the lack of time being on the floor together. But when the Lakers were on the floor together and with most of this core still coming back beside uh, your two big men from last year, um, they had the number one defense. They were number two in the West. You know, they kind of they kind of had proven, I would say to me, that, you know, they might not be the – they might not, you know, be a lock to win it all because of how good Brooklyn is, but they should be one of the favorites when fully healthy. Now, since then, they've incorporated Andre Drummond. They've incorporated Ben McLemore, and the the rotation has changed a little bit. You know, Montrezl Harrell isn't getting a lot of playing time anymore uh, since Andre Drummond has came. Marcus Solder's gotten some DMPs. So it'll be interesting to see how, you know, coaches, specifically Frank Vogel, will, you know, adjust for playoff rotation and, you know, maybe conference finals, finals rotation, get guys in the game and get the best eight, seven, eight, however deep you want to run, get those guys playing. So I'm looking at the, the standings as it sits at the moment. You know who will be playing in the first round? Lakers and Clippers. If that ain't the last thing that the NBA wants. Oh, my gosh. I, You know, I somehow believe that it, it's still going to be um, 
Denver and the Lakers in the first round, which I think would be the best option for the Lakers because Jamal Murray unfortunately went down with an injury. But like you said, if, if that happens in the first round, Adam Silver's got to be sick. And the way I'm looking at it, that thing is a good chance that goes six or seven. Oh, I agree. Because I feel like the, the longer the Lakers play, the better they'll be. But they're most vulnerable in the first round, which I'm not saying that the Clippers are no slouch or anything. They aren't. But, you know, like even even playing Denver, I brought up Denver because, you know, they're obviously weakened. But the best chance for Denver to beat the Lakers is the first round. LeBron, you know, still trying to find his way back. Anthony Davis finally looked back last night like his old self. And you can tell they're still having, you know, kind of struggling with the rotation. Andre Drummond played 23 minutes, four points, no rebounds last night. Marcus All comes in, has 10 and 7 and guards Jokic well. So it, it it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting. I'm very excited to see how these playoffs go. I'm just hoping everyone stays healthy. And Agreed. at Agreed. least for Brooklyn. Seeing them play a full series together and seeing what that looks like, right? Like, imagine what their lineup looks like in the last five minutes of a game, and you've got Harden, Durant, and Kyrie Irving on the floor. Right. As, and Blake Griffin now. And Blake Griffin. Like, imagine how, t despite the fact that they are terrible on defense and they couldn't cover a bed with a bed sheet, on the other side of the floor, they are hell on wheels. And yep. who do you play off? Like you can't double team anyone at all. Correct. Like so and they move the ball too. It's not like it's not like two thousands isolation basketball where you can just, you know, kinda load up. No, they move it, they kick it, you know, they're screening for each other. They play good basketball too. So it's gonna be extremely difficult to stop that team. Yeah, and I was when I was watching Kevin Durant the other day, coming off the Achilles, there were questions about if Kevin Durant was going to still be Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's been probably one of the five best players in the NBA when he's been on the floor. I mean, easily. Correct. Like, when he, he missed, I think, a month and a half with a hamstring injury, first game back, put up 35 in his sleep. Yep. Like, if he's on the court, pencil him in for 30, minimum. Now, he can't defend like he used to. He just doesn't have the foot speed anymore, right? Yes. But, all in all, they that's a team. I think, just talent-wise... And given the fact that I don't think Milwaukee can match up with them, I think if fully healthy, that team should should. should go to the finals. It should. Now, I I think I think for a team like Milwaukee to beat them, Giannis is going to have to have like a LeBron 07 Pistons series, you know, where he just becomes a one man show. Because realistically, they don't have anybody to stop Giannis. They just are an offensive juggernaut on the other side. But the Bucks have they have length to bother them. Like if I had to pick somebody to guard Kyrie Irving slash James Harden, it would be a, like a Drew Holiday. You know what I mean? Like it would be a guy of that uh, fortitude. Then you got a guy like Giannis, who nobody's gonna stop KD. But if I had to pick a guy to guard Kevin Durant, it would be Giannis right now or Kawhi Leonard. But I mean Milwaukee and then Philadelphia. They don't have anybody to stop Embiid. You know what I mean? Like if Embiid is playing on on, on all cylinders, if he's firing on all cylinders, they're going to be a tough out for them. Like I, I, I'm more excited for the Eastern Conference playoffs than the West. We'll leave it right there, but we will be right back with more of the Game Plan Podcast on the other side of the break. Don't go too far. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back 
to the Game Plan Podcast. Alex Goodwin is my name. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. Again, that's on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. That's T as in Tacoma, S as in Seattle, M as in Maryland. Kennedy Miller. Yes, sir. Where can they find you on Twitter? Find me on Twitter at underscore Kennedy Miller underscore. And that's underscore Kennedy as in the former offensive lineman Cortez Kennedy and the former college basketball player Kennedy Meeks underscore Kennedy Miller underscore. Switching gears to the NFL last Thursday, you know, prior to the draft, we all knew what was going on. We knew Trevor Lawrence was going number one. We knew Zach Wilson was going number two for no good reason, might I add. And at the third pick, we were trying to see if Kyle Shanahan was really going to draft Mac Jones. He didn't end up drafting Mac Jones, but he did try to trade for Aaron Rodgers on draft night. Why did that happen? Because Aaron Rodgers said he don't want to play for the Green Bay Packers for not another day. He wants to be gone. They drafted Jordan Love last year without consulting him. Ken, you were saying they drafted some low-level receiver that he apparently had some sort of affection for. And when they cut said low-level receiver, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Do I have that right? Well, they, they didn't draft him. He was already on the roster, and they let him go a day after Aaron Rodgers kind of expressed some love for him and appreciation for him. And so after that, they I guess they cut him the next day, and that was just kind of the final straw, quote-unquote, for the relationship between Aaron Rodgers and the general manager. Over the past, I would say, five days or so, people have been spinning on their hamster wheel, spinning it, saying Aaron Rodgers could go to Washington, well, he could go to Miami, or maybe he'll end up in Denver, things like that. And I think all of that talk is really useless because Aaron Rodgers will be playing for the Green Bay Packers in September. Simply, if he retires, he's got to pay back $20 million to the Green Bay Packers. And ain't nobody go willingly give someone $20 million. Like, you know, I think regular people start thinking about, well, if he don't want to be there, he can just quit. No, 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 no. This isn't, he's not working at some kiosk at the mall. He's not the trash man for the city of Houston. This is a billion dollar business and he's getting paid a whole lot of money. Now I'm not out here caping for, you know, the ruling class here, but I'm just saying we all make sacrifices every single day to get this money. How many of us every single day go to jobs we hate? Why? Because we need this money. Aaron Rodgers is going to be working in in September because I just don't see a way out. What real leverage does he have? So the way I look at it is, is this, if Jordan love was any good, there wouldn't be a problem because I, I'd ship Aaron Rodgers out. If Jordan love was, was, was that guy or another Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes type of player. And I'm not saying it's not, but we don't know. But if there was some type of certainty that he was, there would be there would be no question on what to do here or what would be done. Aaron Rodgers would be gone. But Green Bay has been in a very fortunate situation by having Brett Favre and immediately inheriting Aaron Rodgers. Do you know how long it takes some franchises to find one franchise quarterback, i.e. the Houston Texans? It's just to have back-to-back franchise quarterbacks that both gave you a Super Bowl. And then to think that you're going to strike gold for a third time in a row is not likely. And so in order to keep their hopes alive, I'm kind of like you. I I don't think they're going to make a trade. They got to keep them. Because if not, then you have to start all over. But if you were going to start all over, the most logical thing would be would have been to trade him before the draft and try and get that number three pick from San Francisco. Right. 
So I think the thing was the reason I don't think they made the trade with San Francisco for the third pick is because they think okay. they've got a quarterback. Like they think if they already drafted a dude last year in the first round, they think they got a guy. So the third pick really ain't enticing to a team in that sort of situation. But, you know, I was thinking how much would people be willing to give up for Aaron Rodgers, given the fact that he's 37 years old? Right. Like I'm starting with it. I'm starting with at least two first round picks for Aaron Rodgers see, only because he's 37. Yeah, I think two is probably the max you're going to be able to get for a dude that old. And I think we also have to think about this for a guy like Rogers. A lot of his game is predicated on his mobility. Like that mm-hmm. is a big aspect of his game. What is he like if he's not as mobile, right? Does it all kind of go downhill in some ways, right? You can't move like that forever. At some point, the cliff's coming. You'd rather get rid of an older quarterback a year early rather than getting rid of him a year too late. And so my thing with the trade value is it depends on the team and the team's outlook. If I'm a GM and I'm thinking we're a quarterback away, i.e. San Francisco, which is why I thought they should have made a deal, I'm I'm giving up two firsts. If I'm a team like if I'm a team like the Denver Broncos and I say I give up two firsts for Aaron Rodgers and I put you in a system with uh Melvin Gordon, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant, that is arguably the best offense that Aaron Rodgers will have ever played with other than, you know, when he had, what, Greg Jennings and Jordy Nelson and um, Ryan Grant. And then we're not even talking about the defense that they have. I just thought about, like, the 49ers. All they had to offer was the third pick in the draft because they gave up the foreign and move up to number three. So this, for the Packers, it might have been not even that, you know, the third pick might not have even been valuable to them because they already have a quarterback theoretically but because they're like all that's all you're offering me is the third pick in the draft that's it but if i'm the Packers, okay so third pick isn't valuable to me it's valuable to somebody who wants to trade down because if i'm so miami had it first they traded it to san francisco but then wasn't there another trade that took place another one of them traded down again if i'm not mistaken if i'm the packers and i get that number three pick i'm seeing who else wants who else wants it? Who can give me multiple picks? Because now I'm trying to rebuild. Now I'm trying to build around a young quarterback and start this whole process again. You know who I feel bad for at this point? Who? Jordan Love. Just the same way that, you know, I think in the last month or so, given everything that was going on, you know, with that third pick in the draft, and we thought there was a legitimate possibility that they were going to take Mac Jones. Boy, we ran Mac Jones down so bad. And it wasn't even really about Mac Jones. It was more about the fact that Kyle Shanahan can't do this. Kyle Shanahan isn't this arrogant. Kyle Shanahan isn't a moron to where he thinks this would work. And I guarantee Mac Jones just was like, damn, this many people don't like me? And right. so I think with Jordan and, and Love. That's, yeah, go ahead, my bad, my bad. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. But, but I, I think that that's I've, – I've heard that that's part of the reason why they ended up taking Trey Lance is because the backlash that they faced from the media about – it's not about selecting Mac, Mac Jones. It's about if you are going to trade up to get Mac Jones. That's the biggest issue. Trade up to number three to like Mac Jones. That's the problem. And I think they, they didn't expect to face that much backlash. So they ended up kind of taking Trey Lance uh, because they, there are some reports that, you know, a lot of people in the organization are kind of split on him. Um, but go ahead about your go ahead about your point about Jordan Love. I was actually just about to say, if they needed to be bullied out of taking out of the idea of taking Mac Jones, Kyle Shanahan is more of an idiot than I thought he was. If he needed to be talked out of it by the public, mm-hmm. 
Like if you, if someone can talk you out of something and shame you out of doing something, you know, you ain't got no business doing this. I think as far as Jordan Love goes, I think he's never going to be able to win ever. Like this is almost like, you know, how people in like the late, the mid to late 90s were saying this person's going to be the next Michael Jordan, the next this, the next that. Like that's a high expectation to meet. Like you'll never win if you're comparing them to that person, right? You'll never ever appreciate this person for what they are if you're constantly fixated on what they are not. And I think with Jordan Love, that's probably what's going to happen. Like if Jordan Love is a decent quarterback, if Jordan Love can get them to the playoffs here and there, maybe go to a conference championship game, that's pretty good. But no one will ever see Jordan Love through that lens simply because he's following Aaron Rodgers, who was following Brett Favre. And like you said, that, you know, he's the third in that uh, third in that line of succession. If he's just okay, people going to talk about Jordan Love like he's sorry. We've got to leave it right there. But we will be right back with more of the Game Plan Podcast. Coming up next, friend of the show, Tobias Bass of the Opinionated Sixth Man Podcast will join us next segment to talk about the NFL draft, the upcoming NBA playoffs, and more. Don't go anywhere. This is the Game Plan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Game Plan Podcast. Alex Goodwin is my name. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. Again, that's on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. That's T as in Tangare, S as in Sangria, M as in Missouri City. Kennedy Miller. Yes, sir. Where can they find you on Twitter? Find me on Twitter at underscore Kennedy Miller underscore underscore Kennedy as in the former wrestler Mr. Kennedy and the former president John F. Kennedy underscore Kennedy Miller underscore. All right. All right. Joining us here on the show. Great friend of the show. I would say all the different places he's writing for and all the all the different podcasts he's doing as well. But it's just too many. The man has six jobs. He don't get tired. Tobias Bass. How you doing, my man? Doing good, man. How about yourself? A quick thing. Candy, when you when you tell him the way to find your Twitter, you got to pick a different thing because you always saying, John, no, you got to pick something else. You, you didn't you didn't done that a lot of times. I, I want I want to hear something else. <laughs> Okay, I got I got some more stuff. I got some more stuff. I got you. All right, so Tobias, uh, given the biggest news out of the NFL this week was not the draft, and it was the fact that Aaron Rodgers don't want to work for the Green Bay Packers no more. How do you see this playing out? I think so. One, A. Rod, he's um he's a different guy. So if you've been, if you ever heard, I, I haven't been yet, but my aunt, her favorite team is the Packers. So she goes to games every year. She goes towards the stadium every year. Aaron Rodgers, he actually has two locker rooms. He has his own personal locker room, like where it's just him, per se. And he has his own, like, so he has two locker rooms. He has his own personal one that he goes to when he doesn't want to be around anybody else. And he has his locker that he shares with everyone else. So he has two locker rooms, essentially, um, you know, in the in a particular facility. But I think he has, like, a authoritarian, like, complex where he doesn't like to be, like, he likes to be in control of everything. So my point is, I think they're going to have to trade him because this is going to get messy. I think Aaron Rodgers is, like I said, he's a different type of guy. And I think that he will literally not come back. You saw the, you saw yesterday, he was, the, the nail in the coffin was they traded away Jake. I can't remember his last name. He started with the K. Like Cameron. Yeah, Camaro, him. They traded him or they cut him, excuse me. They cut him and they said he was just really, really pissed about that. Jake doesn't play, okay? He, he played more last year because they had some injuries, but he's – at that point, he's just picking fights. It's just like you and your girl, babe. You didn't 
you didn't take the trash out this one night, so now y'all just screaming and hollering at each other? Is that really a fight or is that just a discussion we can have? Okay, my bad, I'll do it the next time. Why is he picking fights over guys that really don't play? I don't know the relationship they have. Maybe they're the best friend, whatever. But if he's upset about, if that was the nail in the coffin, he really doesn't want to be there. And Rodgers got tons of money. I think they're going to trade him. I think the Broncos is a place I would love to see him in. I think if that was a nail in the coffin offering Jake, whose last name none of us really know, uh, I think that was just to, like he decided that was it, right? But there were other problems that were building up to that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he just decided that day that was enough. Like it yeah. really ain't about Jake. He gonna make it about Jake because yeah. he don't really yeah. want to say, well, well, what's really a problem? Well, it started 15 years ago when y'all baby Brett Favre and did get rid of him a year or so before. It started when y'all did vibe Mike McCarthy a year or two before when I wanted you to. Yeah. Then the whole Jordan Love thing happens. But yeah. again, if he doesn't, the only way out for him is acting a fool. And what if he do? What if he does that and that doesn't work? For me, I think that they already were a weird match anyway. They so Aaron is you know California kid. You know, go for it. I want to. You know, I want to go for it. You know, spend a bunch of money. Let's go ahead and win this ring. You know, he's looking at Brady win, winning ring after ring after ring. He's like, damn, I want to be the same way. Green Bay is not like that. They don't even have an owner. We, the fans, own them. You know what I mean? They, they don't they do not do stuff like that. They're, they're, they're the guy where we're going to be conservative. Let's keep all our pennies and stuff together. We're going to, you know, it's, it's we, it's a us thing. They don't go for it. They don't, they don't spend money. You know, they're looking at Brady. He's bringing back the entire team and finding a way to add pieces. Patrick Mahomes, they're finding a way to add pieces. Green Bay doesn't do that. They're they're the ones that, you know, they, they put their money in their little piggy bank and they just keep it that way. Aaron's not like that. He wants to win the ring. He said, damn it, I won a ring when I was cheap. Now that I'm expensive, y'all don't want to go out and go get me a J.J. Watt. Hell, y'all didn't draft a receiver last year when there was some of the best ones on the best one on, on the on the board. I think this is going to get ugly before it gets better. If Aaron's pissed, I don't think this relationship is repairable. They're not going to want to do it, but I think this is going to get ugly. They're going to have to trade him. Alex, I wanted to hear your thoughts on this because we kind of touched on it earlier most times in life people do things if they want to right we do this podcast because we want to i wash my car because i want to i go to school day in day out because i want to if i don't want to do it i'm not going to do it don't want to trade him now have they messed this all up yes by not communicating with him yes by drafting a quarterback in the first round without saying a word to him yes by never drafting a receiver in the first round during his entire tenure as starting quarterback indeed but i want to see him show up to work and cuss people off my own entertainment but yet and still i think he gonna be angry bay wisconsin still i guess the thing is with him even like the Colts, they had a similar situation for Peyton, you know a few four not a few years ago but whenever that was they bill polian hall of fame uh gm he told him that a you know you're hurt you're old we're going to try, try to find your predecessor like this draft or within a year Peyton obviously didn't like it he ended up winning the super bowl somewhere else if you go and draft jordan love fine but that needs to be communicated with him going forward and aaron Rodgers, you know he was like okay Y'all want to draft John Love? What I'm gonna do? I'm gonna take us to the NFC Championship game, and I'm gonna win the MVP. He really just did that as a, as like a fu to the Packers. Now you know again they really didn't really do nothing to help him, and he just I just don't think he can keep going to that locker room. He's never gonna get over that Jordan Love. So I think that you're gonna have to you're, you're gonna you're gonna have to move him because Aaron he he he's a he's a different type of dude, and I and I really really think he's gonna 
he he just won't do it. Like some people, they'll talk man, and they they'll they'll eventually come back. I think he's one of the ones where yeah, he's like nah, bro. I'm I'm making money. I'm making money with this Jeopardy thing. I made a ton of money. I'm getting married this summer. I don't I don't have to come back. I'm okay. I think I really think that's how he feels. I really don't think he's gonna come back. And that's that's partly why I kind of side with you, Tobias. Is going back to the Colts thing. You said that Bill Polian told Peyton Manning, you know, we're about to get your predecessor. We're about to start looking for a quarterback. My thing is. I don't even feel like you're obligated to tell Aaron Rodgers that you're going to take quarterback. That's You're the organization. You can run it how you please. Now, I mean, most franchises would cater to their franchise. My problem is if the organization did what they did, traded up to get to the first round or traded up in the first round to select this guy. And you said he did as like a FU to go uh, to the to the conference championship game and win the MVP. He went to the conference championship game the year before. So it wasn't like the Peyton Manning thing where it was like, oh, he had these neck surgeries. They just went 13-3 and three the year before. And yeah. so the thinking was, oh, well, let's tool and draft. Let's tool and free agency because Alex kind of touched on it earlier. They hadn't drafted a receiver in the first round. You touched on it as Green Bay has, you know, never really been, oh, let's go all in and win a championship. Let's spend this money in free agency, make trades do all this. So, what, two years ago they started spending money on, on defense and got to the Smith brothers and uh, Adrian Amos and uh, they kind of tooled on their defense. And then they go then they go 13-3. and It blasts by the 49ers. And then you're like, okay, well, let's get some offensive weapons for Aaron. Quarterback. That, I, I don't feel like I'm as crazy as Aaron, but I feel like that would have kind of been a nail in common for me too. Yeah. Like, that's what y'all come up with in the first round? I think it was just kind of bad for me. So, they, so not this year's draft, but the year before. You go draft a blocking tight end, that doesn't yep. help. You go draft A.J. Dillon, who was awful. You have one of the best running backs in the league in Aaron Jones. That didn't help. Okay, fine. You let Brian Belaga go. You let Corey Lindsley. You're all, both of these guys are all pros to remind you. They let both mm-hmm. of them go. Okay, you take out Devontae Adams. They're throwing to an NBA team. All the wide receivers are 6'5 and taller. Probably former basketball players. I like Alan Lazard. I like uh, Valdez Scanley, but come on, dog. Like, like, like the Vikings get get a uh, Dustin Dufferin and Dillon. They had Stephon Diggs the year before. The Bears, the Bears are awful. We don't have to talk about them. And then the Lions, you know, the Lions are just bad. But you have and you have other teams even in the NFC. They have their 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 guys are they're helping. They're bringing in the supporting cast. And like I said, the Packers they're really really big on investing in their future, not what's going on now. That they've done that before with the with Brett Favre. Brett Favre, he's a Hall of Famer, and we're gonna go draft this kid from California, Aaron Rodgers. He's gonna be our future. Yep. And we're not gonna, we're not gonna, we're not gonna, you know, help him do all of this because Brett Favre, he, he was, he was good. They had some good players on that team, but he didn't play with a bunch of Hall of Famers. He didn't. There aren't that many Hall of Famers on those teams that they play with. So that, that's just something that they don't do. So I think the fit with Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay has just been weird anyway. They just were able to kind of to make it work because they did win the Super Bowl way back when and they have had good seasons. But I don't I don't see I don't see how they can repair. You you, you can't. Again, we're talking to Tobias Bass of the Opinionated Six Man Podcast. Uh switching gears a bit to the NFL draft, Tobias. What teams do you think did the best job, you know, filling their needs and over the draft. Um, I really, I really, really like what the, uh, what the, what the LA Chargers did. So I don't even know how they were able to do it, but somehow they got uh, Rashawn Slater, the tackle from um, Northwestern, that really, really caught me off guard. Then they needed a safe, they needed a, a corner. Well, they go get Asante. I, yeah, I believe they got Asante Samuel in the second round. Then oh, I read another wide receiver. They go get Josh Palmer. His numbers aren't great because Tennessee they had an atrocity back there at quarterback. They just simply couldn't throw. They couldn't throw at all, but he's a he's a really really good receiver. I think the the um the Chargers, if you go by position by position, 
they're pretty much loaded everywhere. They have they've taken all the Packers offensive linemen. They arguably yep. have one of the better offensive lines in the league. You have a young superstar who's cheap at quarterback. You got Eckler, you got Ken Allen, Mike Williams, you got Josh Palmer, got Jordan last year. You got both, so hopefully Darren James can stay healthy. You got a superstar in Kenneth Murray, Mo City product. You got him back there. They're loaded. And I think this is a team where if they can stay reasonably healthy, I think they're ready to compete. I don't, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say they're going to win the Super Bowl this year, but I think they have a, a team that's built for the near future where I can see them making an AFC championship game. And maybe they, you know, the car and the ball bounces their way. I would tend to agree. I would tend to agree with uh, Tobias. I've been saying for years that, well, probably last two or three years, Chargers quietly have one of the best rosters in football. And it was unfortunate that Derwin James, did he miss the last two years? Basically, yeah. Yep. It's unfortunate that he's been able, been missing those years because they've had really good rosters. And one of their holes, like Tobias pointed out, was offensive line. And that's not through the draft, but through just having a really good offseason. Um, and I think another team that did that was the Browns. I think the Browns got a lot yeah, better. Oh, God. God, yes. Uh, yeah, I think the Browns got a lot better this offseason. I think they're going to be that AFC North. I would not be surprised if they won that division. Oh, yeah. Year. Personally, I don't even know why Jeremiah Wilson called more. He was my favorite defensive player in the draft. I don't know how he failed to the second round, but I think, I think that's a guy where he's going to make multiple Pro Bowls and make, make be an all-pro for, uh, for a while. I think he's that good. I could even argue. I think he might be the, be the best linebacker in the entire draft. But nonetheless, they, he falls. You have Greg Newsom, the DB from uh, Northwestern, Anthony Sports, speaks from Auburn. They had a really, really good draft. Also impressed with the Ravens. I've been getting on the Ravens. The Ravens, they're one of three teams in the last 25 years. They've only had 1,000-yard receiver in the last 25 years. That was Torrey yeah. Smith in 2013. 1,000-yard receiver in the last 25 years. I'm 25. Alex is 25. They've had 1,000-yard receivers since we've been born, okay? They go out and get Rashad Bateman. He's a stud. I'm surprised he was there that long. And they go later in the draft, and they get Tyler Wilde and other stuff from Oklahoma State. So I definitely think that they did um, help out Lamar Jackson. I do know their passing coordinator, Keith Williams, he's a good guy. I think they're going to be okay. I think they definitely did help themselves for sure. Uh, Kennedy Miller, I was going to ask you, uh, it's not quite football season, but we're going to get this whole thing rolling with you getting way too excited about your Dallas Cowboys once again. So Kennedy Miller, get excited about the Dallas Cowboys in the draft. Come on, give it to us. Here we go. Here we go. I asked about. Well, I overheard Tobias, and now I'm about to ask. You think that they got the best linebacker in the draft. What about the linebacker that was picked at number 12? What about Mr. Parsons? I mean, I, I like I like Michael Parsons. He's a stud. He's a, he's a freak athlete. I think that they're going to – the first thing when I saw that they drafted him, I said, okay, well, that means Vander Esch has to be gone. He gets hurt a lot. Correct. You don't want to have to. You don't want to have to pay him. Makes sense. Rumor comes out, I think, two days ago that they might not keep him. Makes sense. Then they go out there and get Jabril Cox. I said, oh, yeah, he's gone. They're, they're going to they're be looking to get rid of Van Der Rest. But to answer your question directly, I think Michael Parsons is really, really good. I, I think he's another guy. I think he could be um, a multi-time Pro Bowl and also an All-Pro as well. He, all, all the physical talent yesterday, they have weapons on offense. I think it's just a defense. I did, I did get Kelvin Joseph. He's a physical corner from um, Kentucky. Yeah, physical corner from Kentucky. I think that uh, I think he's solid. They have had a good job. Alex Goodwin, I think we're going to be pretty good. It's always the year after we've been bad, except for this past year because our quarterback got hurt. The year after we've had a down year, come on, think about it lately. Well, we've had some success. The expectations kind of lower. You kind of forget about us. Had a team like the football team make the playoffs out of our division. My quarterback said today he could play right now if he needed to. He's paid his money. He's got he's gotten paid. I'm not going to say we fixed our defense. We made solid picks. Got a, got a couple 6'4 corners. 
Okay, we're basically putting all trust in Dan Quinn. That's what that's what this draft told me. That all the trust is in Dan Quinn on trying to. I don't want to say recreate because you have to have that type of talent, and we don't. But he's trying to get a Legion of Boom like defense in Dallas. That's all. I, that's all I'm trying to say. We got we got the linebackers, Leighton Van Der Esch, Tobias was right on the head. I thought the exact same thing when we drafted uh, uh, Michael Parsons. And Leighton Van Der Esch is probably going to turn into a, a Sean Lee role, you know, just kind of do the leadership, kind of come in on, on special downs. And Michael Parsons is going to try and be that Bobby Wagner that was in Seattle's defense when Dan Quinn was there. Now, we ain't got the safeties. We ain't got, you know, we ain't got Earl Thomas, like Richard Sherman. We, we ain't got them guys. Those are all-timers. Those are all-timers. I'm not saying these guys can be it. But they we drafted a lot of it was like some report that they got a lot of guys that had like the longest wingspan at their position on, on defense. Drafting those type of guys, all those long corners, means going to play a lot of zone. They're trying to make quarterbacks put the ball in really tight windows, and hopefully they can react quick enough uh, to make deflections, cause turnovers. We're trying to turn the ball over more, and I think we're going to do that this year, Alex, because our team is going to be a lot better because we're going to win the NFC East. We're going to go to the playoffs. We're going to beat Tampa. I've been saying this for at least six <laughs> months. Cowboys fans get to talking that hot cash, and I stump them with this right here. Can somebody explain to me how they fired Jason Garrett and got tangibly worse? Quarterback got hurt. Y'all were booty cheeks before Dak Prescott got his leg split open. We um. Why you get quiet? We fired the. De- Why you get quiet? <laughs> you notice I kidding? Got quiet like a church mouse. Why you get quiet? We fired the defense coordinator for a reason. There was, there was some problems going on. <sighs> Tobias, Tobias gets those former players on the show. They somebody can speak to it on his end. But the, the, surprisingly, there are still some good free agent players that, like in the second day, they are still free agents. Like you have Steve Nelson, he's solid. You got Richard Sermon, he's solid. You got Malik Hooker, he does get hurt a lot. He's but he is twenty five and he's on the field. He's good. He's a free agent. You know, you have Trey Boston, he's very solid. Kenny Vaccaro, he's solid. The Cowboys need. Safeties. I mean, I just named three right there or four right there that are under under thirty that are free agents. You're not gonna have to pay him a ton. Hell, I would sign him for a year and see if they're straight. Malik Hooker, he's twenty five. I mean, I, I I throw I throw a I throw a couple dollars. The contract's gonna be horrible. We're not gonna be paying him a lot. If he can stay healthy, I mean, you have a a top half safety in the league. He just gets hurt so much. That's why that's that's why he's not signed. But I would throw a flag on these guys. You have a bunch of young corners. Kelvin Joseph, he's gonna play immediately. He's gonna come in and play like game one. He's gonna play. If you don't feel confident other guys, you're going to play a lot of zone. Oh, Richard Sermon ass out there. He plays zone. You put him out there. He ain't going to run with nobody. You can throw him out there. You can, you, can, you can do that. So if I was them, I would I would throw a couple of red flags on these guys. Sheldon Richardson, he's sitting out there too. I, I would I would honestly, I would throw a couple of flags at that. Brian Poole, he's 28, Jet corner. I'll throw a flag at this guy, Melvin Ingram. He's 32, but both get the job done. I, I, would throw, I would throw a flag at him and see if I can bring him in. I'll say this, and we got to go right afterward because we're coming up on time. Kennedy, I have one more question for you. Even if y'all can have all the talent, still be healthy, and still not get it done. Because yet and still, you still can't tell me why y'all lost week 16 to the Philadelphia Eagles when Carson Wentz had the receiving core. U of H Cougar great Greg Ward. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside again, who was playing running back for the Eagles that week? Who was they running back? Come on, Ken, help me out. Was it uh, Boston Scott? Boston Scott. Y'all were fully healthy the whole year, no big injuries, no nothing, and just spectacularly mediocre. It was a beautiful thing. Alex, I've erased, I've erased that time from my, from my head. I'm just ready for the schedules to come out. 
I'm optimistic about this team. They're going to surprise some people. You'll see. Ken, they should surprise people. But again, 8-8 eight and eight is probably in your future. But remember, they can't go 8-8 eight eight anymore. They added another game. Ah, there you go. It's Look at him. Looking up. Look at him. 8-9. 8-9. 8-9. Wow. Wow. We can't even be a game over 500? We got to leave it right there because we are out of time here on the Game Plan Podcast. Kennedy Miller, thank you for yes, hanging sir. out with me once again. No problem. No problem. Where can they find you on Twitter, my good man? All right, Tobias. Find me on Twitter, underscore Kennedy, as in I used, I used my alternates earlier. God, I don't know what to do. You can go with Robert Kennedy. Robert Kennedy, former senator, brother of John Kennedy. And then I'll go the easy one, Reggie Miller, underscore Kennedy Miller, underscore. All right. All right. Sure. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Goodwin, TSM. Again, that's on Twitter at Alex Goodwin, TSM. That's T as in Texas, S as in South Dakota, M as in Marmalade. Tobias Bass, before we get you out of here, let them let the folks know where they can find you, all your social medias, all your many jobs and podcasts. Let them know. <laughs> You can follow me at Twitter at Tobias underscore Bass. That's T-O-B-I-A-S underscore Bass like the fish. Um, you can catch some of my recruiting articles for uh, Zag's blog. That's your Zag, Z-A-G-S-B-L-O-G. And actually, this weekend, I'll probably be in Dallas this weekend covering uh, Who Wants to Smoke. It's an AAU tournament. All the best high school kids in the country will be in Dallas this weekend. So just check out my Twitter. Um, I'll be posting a bunch of stuff, writing a bunch of articles. All right, everybody. For Tobias Bass and Kennedy Miller, my name is Alex Goodwin. This has been the Game Plan Podcast. We'll see you next time.